the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Welcome to Live Big with Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teachings at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Let's get into today's message. I thought about this uh, most of the day, and uh, I, I think it's a truism. Natural ability is where we, we, we start. Motivation determines whether or not we start, and, and attitude determines how well we start. And today we're going to talk about passion, the motivation to get started. So uh, I want to pray, and then we're going to get right into uh, the Word of God. Father, open eyes, illuminate hearts. Father, may your passion be contagious. May it be caught today in our time of, of, of study and, and looking at what thus saith the Scriptures. We give you honor for it in advance. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. And uh, we're going to hear from one of the lions of the first century, uh, the Apostle Paul. And uh, he was probably one of the most passionate men in, in history. I mean, apart from Jesus, uh, the guy was absolutely remarkable. No matter what you did to him, he got back up and he was fully committed and sold out to, to fulfilling God's purpose in his life. Let's take a look at, again, verse 24 and listen to what he says by the Holy Spirit. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one, only one, receives the prize. Now, the background here is Paul was comfortable using this analogy with the Corinthians because uh, Corinth was the home of the Isthmian games, Isthmian games. And these games were second in importance only to the Olympics, uh, a little bit like our Pan Am games uh, in, in, in the world today. And people came from across the entire empire to uh, compete in at, in Corinth, uh, in these particular games. So everyone in Corinth was familiar with these games, and, and it was just a real ready uh, metaphor here. And he said to the Corinthians, do you not know that those who run in a race all run but one, not everyone, but one receives, not everyone, the prize? So, you know, in our race, ultimately, you know, I've often said, you know, our, the only pe- person we're really competing with is ourselves. Uh, but but uh, I guess a parallel truth uh, 
to that statement is, you know, that the, the only one we're really running against is the devil, the world, and our flesh. And the only way the devil, the world, and our, and our flesh can really stop us is if it gets in our, our, our head. But here's the good news. We can't lose if we listen to the Christ within. Again, we cannot lose if we listen to the Lord who's speaking from within. Now, in the book of Proverbs, Solomon tells us to go to the ant. But what we see here in uh, in First Corinthians, Paul tells us to go to the athlete to get insight into uh, the, the 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 passion it takes in order for us to win. And, and I think running is one of the best metaphors in life. Uh, you know, uh, better put, I think. It's the best metaphor for life because we tend to get out of it exactly what we put into it. And running, you, you do it alone. You can't blame anybody. It, it's you running the race and uh, you got to put everything into it in order for you to get everything out of it that you want. But he says here, run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now, Paul was speaking from experience here. And this is important. If you can accept losing in life, you're probably going to lose. That's exactly what you're going to do. Bobby Knight said, he said, uh, uh, winning isn't everything. He said, it's the only thing. You know, you may say, well, you know, that, that, that's just too serious. The stakes are too high. Uh, our families are on the line. Our neighborhoods are on the line. Our churches are on the line. Our, our, our nations are on the line. I don't know about you, but I'm not just here to take up space. I'm here to take over. And that needs to be our, our, our mindset. I'm living, loving, giving, and obeying, not just to, to place, but ultimately I want to win in my life. And ultimately, yes, I'm only competing against myself. You know, in, in myself, am I going to agree with the world? Am I going to agree with the, the devil? Am I going to submit to my flesh? Uh, the real opposition is on the inside of me and everyone who competes for the prize and by the way he likens the believer to men and women competing for the prize how many of you are really living your Christian life I mean as if it's a competition again you're not competing against someone in row two or, or row three or, or Aunt Annie or Uncle Joe you're really competing with yourself to become the best self that you can be and fulfill your purpose for your life he says and everyone who competes for the prize watch this is temperate in all things. Now, Roman athletes had to train in the gym for at least 10 months prior to the actual games. And uh, during that time, they, they got a chance to get to know the referees. And, and by the way, if the referees didn't like you, you would really suffer. Uh, but also during that time, you know, uh, 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 you, you, you put in your hours and people knew you were serious about the games. You couldn't just walk in off the street and compete in these games. It says, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. So what they would do over these 10 months is set, an, set aside all ordinary pleasures. This would include sex. This would include, uh, you know, things they eat. They change their, their, their diets. They'd even, uh, change those they interacted with and associated with. And it's not necessarily the bad things that make us average. It's doing the average things that makes us average. You know, exceptional input, exceptional output. And, and many of us haven't really realized, even over this COVID crisis, many of us have started to, to get into the word with me over four times a week. You, you didn't really realize you're doing that, but, but here's the deal. It is not possible to make this type of investment in God's word and your life and your thinking not to change. Again, exceptional input 
exceptional output. So if you want to be exceptional in your walk with God, you got to make sure you have more than an adequate supply of, of input. It says here, now they do this or do it to obtain a perishable crown. You know, the, the wonder of all this, I mean, if you step back and if you were from another planet and you say, why are these guys working so hard? Why are these, these guys running so hard? Why are they wrestling to their death? And, you know, why, you know, some people came out of uh, certain boxing matches and, and wrestling matches uh, disfigured for the rest of their life. So people are like, why are they doing this for, you know, they're doing it for a crown that's going to eventually turn brown, that's eventually going to uh, crinkle and disintegrate. Why are these folks doing this? But I want you to think about this. Remember the price that you were willing to pay back in the day when, when, you, when you were running in the world and running with the world. Uh, the, the things you did, the, the, the expense you paid, the risks you took, uh, you know, the, what you did to get that girlfriend, what, what, what you did to make that team, maybe that sorority or that, that, that fraternity, or just to be in with, you know, whatever your particular crowd was. And we sacrificed, we laid it down, we did dumb things, all because we were passionate about the goal of being accepted by that particular community. He says, now they do it, they, the people in the world, and, and, and the athletes, now they do this to, to receive a perishable crown, a reward that will not last forever. And if you won certain games, uh, you can go into certain restaurants and eat for free for life. So they were advantages other than the actual uh, crown that was worn on the head. But the point is they do it for a perishable crown, a crown that will not last forever. But we, us, you and I, for an imperishable crown, rewards that will last forever. So basically what the athlete does or what he's willing to do is, for his passion he will sacrifice long-term goals, and, uh, and I'm sorry, he will sacrifice, let's put it this way, uh, short-term conveniences for his long-term goals. And they're willing, one thing that makes an athlete great other than natural talent is they're willing to push through their pain barriers. Most of us, when it hurts, we stop. But a great athlete pushes past the pain and uh, they, they, they move their bodies to the next level. Why do they do this? Because they're passionate about winning. And he's saying we can learn from the, the athlete, just like in Proverbs, say, go to the, er, the ant and be wise. He's saying, look at the athletes and be wise. Because of their passion to, to win, they, they will deal with all different types of pain. They will risk, again, lifelong uh, uh, injuries, all for a wreath all for a diploma, all, all for maybe a trophy, uh, and maybe at best the benefits will last a lifetime, but how much more sense does it make for us to be willing to pass, pa- to press past our pain, to, to, to push past our obstacles and, and sometimes put some things aside in order for things that will last forever? It says, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for something far more important, an imperishable crown. Therefore, because, listen, I'm looking at the eternal reward. Yes, and what's amazing, you know, when I start talking about eternal versus temporal, you begin to think that I'm only talking about the life beyond. The reality is that the blessings of God that we receive in eternity do start here. So uh, we don't get the fullness of them. But Jesus uh, spoke of, uh, you know, folks who left mothers, houses, lands, etc. It says in this age and in the age to come, they'll receive some 30, 60, uh, 100 fold uh, return. So uh, there are blessings in this life. However, 
Uh, ultimately, you know, I'd rather, uh, you know, thank God for, for a blessing, let's say, of, of, of I don't know, of, of, of life and limb that lasted me 80 years in health. That's great. But imagine eternity uh, with, with, you know, being able to fly, you know, not just health, not just being able to breathe, but I mean, being able to fly, being able to go places in the universe that you would never be able to go. Uh, I don't know how God rewards us. I, I know that one of the greatest rewards is his presence. And maybe we'll all experience different degrees of his presence when we get to glory. And heaven's awesome and no one's disappointed or saddened uh, by being in heaven but there are different levels of reward in heaven perhaps some people live closer to Jesus' house i don't know uh but the the, the bottom line is i i want to 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 invest this life such that i could receive the greatest reward possible when I get into eternity. And I've often commented to you guys that, you know, in mathematics, anything divided by eternity is zero. So no matter, even if I struggled this whole life, and and I mean, it was just awful, but I received an eternal reward. When you divide, let's say 80 years of struggle into 10 million times, 10 million times, 10 billion years of extreme blessing and, and, and bliss, it comes to zero. So when you weigh this, against the reward. It's, it's actually nothing. And the athlete deals with pain. Uh, the way the athlete deals with pain is not necessarily because they're into pain, but because the athlete is looking f- toward the prize. It's like, I want to win. I, I want to be in the Super Bowl. I want to win the NBA uh, championship. I, I, I want to get there and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And in my life and in your life, we want to be people to say, you know what? No matter what I got to go through to get to where God wants me, I, I want to step into his purpose for my life. But it takes the mindset of an athlete. It takes the mindset of a person ready to endure and to, to face things. Watch verse 26. It says, therefore, I run thus. So the apostle Paul didn't just show up. He ran prepared to win. And when he would go into a room, he expected to win the room. When he went into a city, he expected to win the city. Uh, when, when he went into a crisis situation, whether he went into prison, he expected to get out of prison. And guess what? He did. And his attitude was incredible. And this man with an attitude changed the, the, the entire world. And we're still referencing him today. Uh, again, yes, it was the, the, the assistance and, and the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. But it didn't happen apart from him. Meaning the, the Holy Spirit didn't just show up without a body and start speaking. He had to use the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Paul had to be willing. He said, therefore, I run. He said, I run thus. So our attitude in life ne- needs to be my, my life is going to reflect God's promises. I, I, I don't care what it costs me. You know what? My kids are going to walk with the Lord as far as I'm concerned. My neighbors are, are, are going to give their lives to the Lord. They're going to know the Lord. My church is going to survive this COVID virus. And you know what? It's, I'm not going to let them go down. It's not going to happen on my watch. And this is the attitude we need to have if we're going to win. Now, there are lots of opportunities for me to just say, well, you know what? That person will never change. The situation will never change. But I can't look at it that way. I must run. And I must run this race with passion and be convinced that ultimately God's purposes will come to pass. Therefore, I run thus. He, 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 Paul, the apostle Paul, he lived his life like a spiritual Usain Bolt. He, he, he lived his life like a LeBron James. He, he lived his, his life like a Tyson Fury. It said, therefore, I run thus. But watch this. this it's not just that you run, it's how you run. 
Therefore, I run thus not with uncertainty, meaning he wasn't all confused about what he was doing or what was most important. He said, I, I don't know how I'm going to win. I just know that I'm going to win. And, uh, you know, I, I, I may not win every week uh, because the finish line is not every week. But I know ultimately if I hang in there with, the God, with God, I am going to win, even Jesus crucified. But on the third day, he got up. That is the Christian faith. The Christian faith should produce an attitude no matter how how, how hard you hit me and how, 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 how low I fall, God will get me up again. I, I will be back. He said, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. Now, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He was saying, listen, I'm not playing games in, 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 in this Christian thing. I swing to connect. He was in it to win it. He said, I speak to make a difference. I live to, to, to cause impact. And we need to, to live, to love, to give, and to obey like people who cannot lose. And when you realize and begin to believe, I cannot lose. Yeah, there may be some hindrances and maybe some obstacles, but I cannot lose. If I, if God told me to do it and he's with me, I will get to the other side of it and I will be successful. But you need this attitude. And here's the challenge today. Everybody's a victim. Everybody is a victim. He did this. He did this. And, and we don't don't have this attitude. And because we don't have this attitude, we keep losing. Yes, I understand. And I sympathize with the challenges we all face. I face them too. But the reality is greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Either I believe that or I don't believe it. And you got to make a decision. Do you really believe the, the, the writing of the New Testament or do you not? So if you really believe it, you got to believe that ultimately you will when, if God be for me, who can be against me? These are not cliches. These are truths that should impact our attitude, our living, and our lives. He said, therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. I'm not mixed up about this thing. I know that if I just hang in there, I'm going to win. Thus, I fight. He called it a what? A fight. So he went from track and field to boxing here. Not as one who beats the air. In other words, again, I, I, I'm not playing games. Um, I'm, I'm in this to, to, to win it. But, but what I've learned to do, and he said, learn from, just like in Proverbs, go to the ant and be wise. He's saying, go to the athlete and learn. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Now, the, the, the ancient Greek here that says discipline my body actually means to give a black eye. And the term here that means, uh, that, that's translated subjection literally means to lead about as a slave. So Paul did whatever it took to make sure his body was his servant and his inner man, the master, even if it meant fighting with himself. And sometimes the greatest fights I have are with me. And, and you do have to sometimes struggle with yourself and push back, say, self, we're not going that way. God's word says we're going this way. And, and self, we're going to do what God said. God is true, and I'm going to trust him. Really, really important. If you can subdue the enemy within, you can subdue the enemy without. And, and the first enemy I got to deal with is the, 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 the enemy in me. And, and I got to face it squarely and have to do whatever it, it takes. Lest, he says, when I have preached to others... The spokesperson for the games was, was, uh, he, he was, the word priest there could literally mean herald. And, uh, at the beginning of these games, you'd have a herald or a preacher that came out and, and shouted the rules of the game to everyone that was watching. And he was saying, when I have heralded or preached to others, it's a little bit like when a, a referee, 
um, at the beginning of the boxing match, he gives the rules before he tells the, the boxers to, to touch gloves. So, uh, you know, he, he was using, again, the, in this passage, we see Paul being both the herald as well as, as the athlete, both the ref and the boxer. So Paul didn't tell others to follow rules that he would not himself follow. You know, the, the world is best changed by our examples, not by our opinions. And Paul lived this thing that he taught and uh, he, his life stood behind his message. And that's what I want, uh, my life to stand behind my message. Now, I may not be perfect, but that's also part of my message. And uh, you, you want again to, 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 to live a life consistent with your mess. You've heard said, you know, when it comes to children, they don't listen to what you say. They watch what you do. And uh, in life, people aren't so much listening to what you say. They're watching what you do. But what's amazing is when what you say and what you do lines up, there's a credibility. Uh, there's a platform. There, there is a respect that's given you that you would not receive in any other way. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become dis. Qualified. I want to read a commentator on this. He said, in this context, disqualified probably doesn't uh, refer to the loss of salvation uh, because no one's citizenship was re- revoked in the Roman or even the Greek empire uh, because they lost a race or a match. It refers only to the loss of the reward. So if you were disqualified, you could not receive the crown. You could not receive those benefits where you could, you know, eat free uh, for the rest of your life in certain restaurants. So you, you, you would not lose your salvation, but you could lose your reward. And, and what I'm saying here is, you know, your lack of passion, uh, you, you may get into heaven with a lack of passion, uh, but you will not experience the level of reward that God has for you unless you begin to, 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 to get passionate uh, about the, 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 the things of God. I, I want you to imagine living 30 years as a Christian on the earth, taking the hits and all the rest uh, and going to heaven and not receiving your full reward. Imagine attending church, you know, all these years, given to God's work. Uh, imagine serving, you know, every week, let's say at Grace Church or, or whatever church, but without reward. All because you would not uh, check your flesh. Uh, all because you, you might have did it, but you did it with the wrong attitude. And God will not reward those fleshly attitudes. A bad attitude will rob you of more than you could ever, ever imagine. But he says... But I discipline my my body. Now, he wasn't talking about punishing and belittling uh, himself or beating himself for the way some people did in, in, in medieval times. Uh, Jesus paid for our sins, and, and so why would any other believer try to pay for his own? That's a mockery to the cross when you start trying to punish yourself uh, when Jesus bore our punishment on Calvary's tree. So, so the type of uh, discipline he's talking about here is, 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 that, that, is that kid that, you know, he... he He's he trying to make the basketball team, so he's up late at night. Uh, instead of playing video games, he's he's taking shots. Uh, it, it's the kid who who wants to get into college, so she she has to maybe miss some parties, maybe miss some gossip, you know, on the telephone or or, or you know Facebook or I guess Instagram or whatever the kids are using today. Um, it's the diabetic who wants to live, so you know they cut out sodas when they go to the movie theater, uh, and they maybe they just eat popcorn. Uh, it's the pregnant mom that 
that, you know, cuts out wine because she wants her child to have all of the advantages. Discipline comes from just wanting it badly enough. If I want something badly enough, I will do whatever it takes to get it. I have learned that about myself and I've learned that about others. So the issue often is not that it's too hard. The issue is often we don't want it enough. And if we would begin to want it enough, we would do whatever it takes to make the change. But I discipline my body, watch this, and bring it into subjection. Because I'm passionate toward uh, what I'm reaching toward, the pain in my present is worth the reward that God holds in my future. And because, you know, you're passionate or become passionate about what God has for you, you know, all that you're facing right now begins to shrink in comparison to, to the things that God has for you. See, the problem with the Corinthians was they had all these gifts of the Spirit and, and God was moving by the Holy Spirit. They were having all these experiences with God. But in the midst of it, they got very casual and also very informal uh, with God. And, and, and when they did that, things began to slip. And what can happen is spiritual things can become so common to us that, you know, eh, it's no big deal. You know, it doesn't take all that. You know what? Uh, you know, God, God's grace covers it. And, but the reality is God's grace empowers you to do what it takes to get done whatever needs to be done. Jesus didn't look at the cross and say, well, you know what? God's grace will cover it. No, he said, Lord, you know, uh, if there's no other way, Lord, I, I, I will, I will drink. This cup. Paul didn't say, well, you know what? Uh, those folks that need to be saved in Corinth and in Galatia and uh, the, the, in, in Ephesus, you know, all those folks, you know what? God's grace will cover it. No, he had to travel to those cities. At times he was beaten in those various cities uh, because the grace of God empowered him to do what he could not otherwise do. Let's read it again. But I discipline my body and bring it into what? Subjection. So here's the question. What do you need to say no to so you can ultimately say yes to God? See, God is saying through these scriptures that the problem is really not the obstacles as much as I want to. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Rear. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Live big.